Grace and peace this morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. It's great to be here this morning to worship our God, to sing songs to Him, to realize who He is in our lives and what He has done for us. We're thankful and we'll be praying for Kenya tomorrow as she goes in for her last chemo treatment that the Lord bless her at this moment. Also, this Tuesday, I will be going to have my left foot, the surgery done on my left foot. And so I will not be crooked anymore, and those in class will understand what I'm saying when I say that this morning, okay? And so uh, we are very thankful to be here this morning, and uh, I'm so thankful for this week. You know, it's a 4th of July weekend. I know it's a big weekend. Lots of people do different things. But the happiest thing I'm about, the the most joyous occasion I had this 4th of July was Deborah getting back from her mission trip uh, at 8.30 uh, Thursday morning. Uh, she got in and she got in and so we were glad to have her back from her mission trip from New Zealand and Fiji and Tim I can also let you know I'm also happy with the fact as you are that there was no boy attached with her on the way back home also so I'm very happy for that as well at this time okay and so uh very thankful for that, but also this weekend we had the opportunity to see Michael and Tachi who were on a mission trip to Lithuania, also uh, in a survey trip to Portugal this weekend uh, from Brazil that we've known them for a while. Tachi says a lot of times I had the opportunity to baptize her and, and the life that they live in Christ now and looking, for their, looking forward to their future. Also, Donald and Dean Williams are here this morning who were missionaries in the Philippines and I always, almost always say the Philippians, but I mean the Filipinos uh, of who they worked behind as well also this morning. Also, we also have Ben Fulks, who a couple of weeks ago just got back from Ghana. Lots of different places. And so those kinds of things were on my heart and mind this week. And I started writing down just some places that came off the top of my head uh, that had to do here with Dangerfield so as far as inner city, but also foreign and Johnny prayed this morning for foreign missions here that we're involved in and some of the places that I thought of was Brazil, Ghana, Nicaragua, Tanzania, uh, Estonia, Togo, Lithuania, Portugal now, Vermont, Florida, Alabama, as far as the mission trips that some of the teens have gone on as well, Mexico, Paraguay, Kenya, New Zealand, Fiji, China, India, Philippines, Zimbabwe, some of the places That we have had the opportunity, because of the Great Commission, to be a part of. The opportunity that we have as a church family to know that God's word is being spread all over the world. But not only all over the world, we want to spread the word here among us here in Dangerfield as well. And Jesus has given us the ultimate challenge this morning. In Matthew 28, 18, 20, when he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all things until I come again. And I will be with you to the very end of this age. What a challenge Jesus has left his disciples. As we like to say many times, disciples making disciples. As Paul would tell Timothy, give give the word, instruct men men and women in the word of God so that they can make other disciples, teaching them of the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But above all at this very moment, when we think of that challenge, we say, how can that be possible? And how can we do that challenge, first of all, right here in Dangerfield? There's a phrase a lot of times they use in missions. A lot of people who, if you go and study missions, you'll hear this phrase a lot of times. It says this, think globally and act locally. 
Well, how does acting locally really look like? And how does that impact the world, the community around us, and the people around us? I know one thing. I love seeing, you know, I've been to the Northeast Texas Summer Youth Series things on these Monday nights. And I see people from different places growing in the Lord, looking to the Lord. Youth ministers trying to make an impression on the Lord from, uh, from one another as well. That they may see who the Lord is also. But above all, when I see this here, I think of the church in Thessalonica. In Thessalonica, when we look at God's word and we think of a church, of what their impact was on the community around them, but not only the community around them, but the regions around them, and not only the regions around them, but the world. If you open with me in First Timothy, in First Thessalonians chapter 1, you'll see this very easily said here. In chapter 1, verse 3, Paul will first say this about the church in Thessalonica. Or Thessalonica, however you would like to say it. He says in chapter 1, verse 3, We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The three things that this church had, characteristics of this church, was faith, love, and hope. They understood what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 correctly. When he says he's talking about love, only these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. And this church here, the work they did, they did by faith. And that's what we need to have in every work that we do. When we have a couples meeting, a men's uh, a, a couples cookout, a men's cookout, a women's time together, the opportunity to think, Lord God, bring one more to Christ. Bring someone who doesn't know you. Lord, help us to encourage one another in our faith and also to reach out to those who are around us. Lord God, help us in our ministries that we have here to have the idea and the thought, Lord God, help me to encourage that person and bring that person to Christ. This church here in Thessalonica, They had these three things, their work produced by faith, their labor prompted by love, and their perseverance in the hope of God. And we can understand this perseverance because Paul will say later on that they were persecuted just as the Christians were in Jerusalem. And then in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 17 and 18, Paul will say, be joyful, always pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. How could Paul say that in the midst of persecution? Because it was a church known for their faith, their love, and their hope in God. Now I want us to think about that. This church was known like that. We want to be a church known like that. Let us pray that we may be known as a church by our faith, our hope, and our love in God. In Ephesians, we talked about this morning, that we may be rooted and established in love. To grasp how long and wide and high and deep is the love of Christ. God, help us to do it. Help us to understand it. Help us as a church family, Lord, to understand what you have for us. But I want us to think about how did that process happen? What happened at the church in Thessalonica? That they were known all over the world. And he says it just next in chapter 1 verses 6 through 8. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering. With the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. And it's just as it says here. 
The challenge has been given. And we have the example of the church in Thessalonica. Look what he says when he's saying these verses here in chapter, verses 6 through 8. In the midst of suffering. But above all, you became imitators of us and of the Lord. What does that mean? Paul, Silas, Timothy were there teaching them in the Lord. And they were imitating not only the teaching of Paul, Silas, and Timothy, but their lives. As Paul will say in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. We were like children among you. We were like fathers among you. We were like mothers among you. We took care of you. We did nothing of our own selfish gain, but to allow you to know who Christ is above all. And he says, you became the imitators of us and of the Lord. We as a church, we want to imitate Christ. And we as a church, when we are out in the community, the way we act and the way we talk, are people going to imitate Christ Because of our actions or will they think that's not of Christ? God is calling us to imitate him so that others may imitate Christ as well. Not only does he say this in this verses right here, and he says this, the Lord's message rang out. Not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. Wow. Can you imagine that this church in Thessalonica, in this moment... Because they had received the word, because of their actions, because of their faith, their hope, and their love in the Lord Jesus Christ. They didn't have to go anywhere for the message to ring out because people heard about where they were and what they were doing where they were. And the church in Thessalonica was doing it so well, other people heard, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but all over the world. Their faith, their hope, and love were known. And how does that start? With us wanting to imitate Christ Every single day of our lives. And Lord God, when we fall short and when we don't imitate you, forgive us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to get on our feet and to walk in you and to walk in your steps each and every day. Lord God, we thank you for the church in Thessalonica because it says that they left their worthless idols and turned to the living God who gives us eternal life. And that's what we have in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Their lifestyle preached their lifestyle taught their lifestyle was so great that others heard about it and wanted to imitate it and it says that the message rang out we sing the song there's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad ring it out okay that's one of the many songs that we talk about missions many times but i want us to think that the message rang out from thessalonica But the question is, how did it ever get there? What happened? How was this possible that the church in Thessalonica got to this point that they had the opportunity to have Paul, Silas, and Timothy there teaching them? What happened in their lives that Paul, Silas, and Timothy were able to be there to be able to do this and these things so that this church would turn turn the church to be a model church? And I want us to think about this as we look at it together this, this morning. There was another church, another congregation involved in the life of Thessalonica. Praise God. First thing I want us to know is you see up there on the board, we have been given a true challenge. We have been given an example of a church that is a church that the message rang out from by their faith, their hope, and their love. And now the three things that I want us to remember is how they got to that point. At this very moment, 
thinking about the things that happen in the background. A lot of times we see when something good happens. Have you ever gone to a movie at the theater? Dollar theater? Hey, I like the new chairs. They sit very well. Okay, I got to sit in them the other day. But have you ever seen the end of a movie? How many credits are at the end of a movie? How many names? Have you tried to read all those names? They're down this little. Every single name of every single artwork, every music work, every little digital sound, who catered the food, who made the sound, all of these things are on this big, huge credit list. Okay? Because that's what caused, that's what happened for that movie to happen. Okay? That's what happened. And those who worked on that movie... Maybe we don't like to look at all the credits, but those who worked on that movie, they like to say, hey, look, there's my name. There's where I had a part in it. And that's the church in Philippi. They had a part in what was happening at the church in Thessalonica. If you look in Philippians chapter 1, Paul's in prison in a different time at this moment. But in Paul, while he's in prison, he's going to write to the church in Philippi and he's going to talk to them about their partnership in the gospel. And Paul, if you go back in Acts 16, you'll see how the church started in Philippi. Paul went there. He was being sent after he left Antioch to go that way. He wanted to go into one area. The Holy Spirit said, no, you got another area to go in. Go to Macedonia. Heed the Macedonian call. The very first city he goes into is Philippi. He goes to the, the river. There's a few women there praying. He teaches them the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Lydia. And her and her household were baptized. And they, she received them with gladness and joy in their heart. Uh, as, as these new people, new Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ. Not only that happened in Philippi, but while he was there, he was put in jail. We know the Philippian jailer, Paul and Silas, are in jail at midnight singing praises to God, praying to God. The earthquake happens. The doors open. Man, they can run out, but they don't. The jailer wakes up, sees the doors open, ready to kill himself. And Paul says, don't do it. We're all here. Philippian jailer takes him to his house. And Paul and Silas tell them the way of the Lord. And the Philippian jailer and all of his household were baptized that night. Paul was released that morning and went back to the house of Lydia. Where he was received with love again. With hospitality and all of those things. But as he's there in Philippi, the Jews who did not like the message he was getting were getting there. And he was going to have to go on to the next city. And the next city is Thessalonica. Well, what's the connection between those two? First of all, I want us to understand that Paul, the church in Philippi, understood that now that they were brothers and sisters in Christ, that they were a family. And that the work that Paul was going to do and that he was going to do, they were now partners in the work of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Look what he says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 3 through 5. He says this, I thank my God every time I remember you in all of my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Amen. Look what he says. From the very first day. What happened that very first day? Lydia and her household said to Paul, Silas, and Timothy, come stay at our house. And from that began their partnership, began their partnership in the gospel. 
And as the church continued to grow there in Philippi, and as they were there together, we understand what was going on, what was happening, and how he would be getting to Thessalonica. But I want us to understand that Paul said, Oh, praise God for the partnership that we have. We are partners in Christ. And we have a partnership. I don't know about you, but, well, I know for me, of all the years I was in missionaries in Brazil, sending those reports, you know, monthly reports, most of the time, and you get to the end of it, and you know, you put in Christ, then we would put your missionaries, Mark, but other than that was also what else? Thank you for your partnership in the gospel. We are partners in the gospel. The, team, the people who have gone to danger, from Dangerfield to Brazil, you are also partners in the gospel. But all of us here are partners in that gospel. Because it took every single person that's here. By your love for God, by your giving to the Lord, and allowing the Lord to work through other people. As we continue together in this partnership in the gospel. What is it that made it so amazing to Paul? What was the blessing that they had of being partners? What was the blessing that the church in Macedonia, the church in Philippi received because they were partners? Remember when Paul got to Thessalonica, he had nothing with him. He had to leave quickly from Philippi to go there. And Paul will say in Philippians chapter 4. When we get here in these verses here in verses 14 through 15, 14 through 16, that they were not only partners in the gospel, but they were sharers in the gospel. And look what he says here in chapter 4, verse 14 through 16. He says this, yet it was good for you, good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia... Not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Paul said, you're not only partners, but you're sharers. That means you you feel when you hear reports of missionaries who are in different places going through some hard times, praying for them. Wanting to help them. Seeing what the Lord can do. And I pray that those who are missionaries all around the world will never forget the sacrifice of those who are sending them to be able to do that work. To be able to have that privilege to take the gospel to different places all over the world. And Paul says, I want you to know I remember you very well, Philippians. The church in Philippi, you have been a help to me to spread the gospel. You're not only partners, but you're sharers. When we talk in Ephesians, we've been talking about Ephesians. He says that we are no longer foreigners and aliens, but we are heirs. We are sharers. And we are, as it says here, members of one body. Members of one body. And as it says here in verse 17 through 19, looking at this, it says this. Not that I desire your gifts. When Paul was talking about the, the offerings given to him. What I desire is that more, that more be credited to your account. 
I receive full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied. Now that I've received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent me, they are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. I pray that whenever you see the money that's spent on mission work or mission ministries here in Dangerfield, I pray that our first thought is, look at that money being spent. What are we doing all that? I pray that the very first thought is, Lord God, thank you for allowing us to make a fragrant offering, a sacrifice to you so that others may know the gospel, Lord. God, help us to have the right attitude in our giving, in our loving and wanting to reach the gospel to others. But look as he says here, and one of the things that's most important here, there is a blessing that we receive. What is the blessing that the church has when we give, when we help, when we serve others who are working and sharing the gospel as well? Paul says in verse 19, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Whatever needs we have, the Lord will supply. Do we have faith to believe it? Do you know what 1 Corinthians says? Or 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9 says when he's talking about giving? He says that the churches in Macedonia became an example. Who's one of the churches in Macedonia? Thessalonica. Who's another church in in Macedonia? Philippi. That out of their severe poverty, they were rich in giving. But he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 that they were able to give all that they needed And then more. How was that possible? A great faith. A great hope. And a great love in Christ. And brothers and sisters, what I want us to think about. One of the passages that Paul says here. And I don't know about you. Have you ever gone to the bank and there's a credit to your account? Something that you weren't expecting? Doesn't happen very often, does it? Usually you see... That debit, minus, minus, minus sign. But if you see a plus there, it's go, whoa, okay? And then you go to the bank and say, what happened? Because that shouldn't have happened. But look what it says here. He says in these verses here, he says in verse 17, that I not desire your gifts, but what I do desire is that more be credited to your account. What does that mean, Paul? What does that mean? More be credited to your account. I want you to think for them, first of all, when he was writing to the church in Philippi, what has been credited to their account? Every single brother and sister in Thessalonica who heard the word through Paul, Silas, and Timothy is credited to Philippi because they decided to help Paul on his journey. Every single one of them. What does it mean To us who are here today. What does that really truly mean to each and every one of us? If you give individually or in the collection as well to somebody. One of the greatest things, and a missionary said this once and he said it this way. A lady came up to him. She had $20. And she said, here, take this work. Give this money and give it to the work where you're going. The missionary said, I already have all I need. I don't need any more. She said, no, 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 please take it, please take it. Because she said, I want it to be credited to me. She was talking about this verse here. 
You know what one of the most amazing things that's going to happen, brothers and sisters in Christ? On the day that our Lord and Jesus come, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ comes, on the very day that he comes, you're going to find out that you impacted lots more people than you thought. You're going to be the people that you've impacted here in Dangerfield and this area. But the people who are in Ghana, the people who are in Brazil, the people who are in Zimbabwe, the people who are in all of those places that I mentioned earlier, will be able to look to you as an individual and as a church family. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of our lives. I promise you. I know personally the church in Brazil is very thankful for the church here in Dangerfield. Michael and Tachi are here and they can attest that they are thankful for the church in Dangerfield and the things that they've done there in Brazil. And who gets all the credit for all of it? Is it the one who goes or the one who sins? Who's it all the credit to? Only the one person. God. Look what he says. Look what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. But only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose. And they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. Thank you, Lord, for the lives that we'll know in eternity that have been touched because of our partnership and because we decided to be sharers and members in the gospel. And where does that lead us to today? You know what? When it talks about members, and we talked about this now, it's not the one who, it's not the one who plants, it's not the one who waters that is anything. That's exactly what Paul said to the church in Corinthians. He said, you know what? With the church in Corinthians, when he's talking to them, talking about this, talking about the body, that I cannot say I'm better than the ear. And he looks at the other part and says, you are more important than me. That's the way we should look. But he also says that each one does their own work. Each part of the body does their own work. And we function as a body. And Christ is the head. Brothers and sisters, praise God. And as we've been studying Ephesians on Sunday mornings, if you haven't been able to be in a Bible class yet for Ephesians, get in there and enjoy knowing what God had prepared for his church before the beginning of time. Wow. His grace, his mercy, his son Jesus, and those who were saved by his grace and by faith in him. So what do we need to do as a church today? We don't want to think, well, that's what we've done. Let's keep on thinking of the future as well. Think globally. Act locally. Let's be the church in Thessalonica where we are, that the message may ring out from us by the example that we have for each other in our faith, hope, and love. May the people and the ministries that we use, that we have here, be used to glorify God, to encourage one another, and to bring one other person, bring one more to Christ. And may also, as we think globally, rejoice in the partnerships that we have. And Lord, bless us in the partnerships in the future, in the shares and the ministries that you will give us in the future. And Lord God, above all, thank you. Because all the glory is yours. Every single bit of it. For we are God's workmanship, Ephesians 2.10. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works 
which God prepared in advance for us to do. God, you've got the work prepared for us. Help us to be partners in it. Help us to follow you. Let's accept the challenge to the church as the church to go and make disciples of all nations. As you go, as it says, wherever you are each and every day. And if you decide to help somebody in some other, in, in some, some other foreign field, as you go, make disciples. Make disciples not only of those who are there, but those who are making those disciples. You are a part of it. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And allowing us to teach one another to continue in the word of God, to obey his commands. And knowing that above all, in every step of the phase, Jesus is with us. God is with us. May he receive all glory. May he receive receive all praise. This morning, if you are not in Christ, we plead for you to give your life to the Lord. All spiritual blessings... Are in Christ Jesus our Lord. The greatest of those could be grace, could be mercy, could be eternal life. All of the things, all of the glorious riches of his grace that he has lavished upon us. He has lavished upon us in Christ Jesus. The question is, are you part of the family? Ephesians 4 will say, there's one Lord, there's one faith, there's one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is in all and through all. Are you part of the family of God? Are we ready to be united with Him like that? Can we be the family that's ready to share and go and tell one other person about Christ? I saw one slide, and I didn't put it up here, but it says, God, you know, it says, come, come and follow, and then go and make. Come and follow Jesus. Follow Him. Give your lives to Him. Then go and make other disciples, telling them of the love that you've received in him. And also, if you're in Christ, don't ever forget the impact that you have on others by your example. You've seen movies on TV by the examples of some who are ready to give up on life. I'll share just one quick story. Not okay. I'm not. It's not a long story. Okay, just a quick one. This last time when Ju was in Brazil right now, as she was there with the women's meeting, she had the opportunity to speak with one who was thinking about ending her life. Praise God, Ju was able there to talk to her, and that is no longer a thought in her mind. God be glorified. How did that happen? Because of our partnership in the gospel that God allowed her to get to there to talk to that person. Those who have been baptized into Christ in Ghana. Wow, what a day it will be when we will see what the Lord has done through his glory, through his power, working in us as his church. If you have any need this morning, come as we stand and sing. We hope by listening to this lesson, you have found a better understanding of the Bible. And through that better understanding, find a closer relationship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, our living Savior. If you have any questions or desire more information, please feel free to contact us here at the Dangerfield, Texas Church of Christ. You can find us at dfield.org. That's D-F-I-E-L-D-C-O-C dot O-R-G. Or you can email at dfieldcoc779 at aol.com. 
or you can call us at 903-645-2896. If you are local to the Dangerfield area, we would love an opportunity to meet you and encourage you in person at 818 West W.M. Watson Boulevard, Dangerfield, Texas, 75638. Our meeting times are Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Bible class and 10.30 a.m. for worship service, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. for worship service, and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. for our midweek Bible class. Grace and peace be with you always.